the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Hey, welcome back to another week of Unite IE Radio Program. My name is John Hancock, and I'm here with my co-host, Don Dix and Greg Britton. Back, Nice to be back with you guys again. It's always a pleasure to be with friendly faces. Even you guys, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we have a um, very special show for you today. We have, you know, in light of the San Bernardino terrorist attacks, which is still in the in the headlines, we have someone I met. He's a... A fellow fellow of mine at the uh, American Freedom Alliance, and I met him at the Magna Carta event that we had in June. And his he it's um, Guy Milliard, and he is a or you can go Guy. It's spelled G U Y, but he is a um, professor at the University of of Paris. Um, he lives in Paris and in France, and he has some great information of what's going on there with the Islamization. He's written over 40 books published in Europe, in America, in Israel, and he's just a wealth of information. And he's here visiting, and I, while he was there, I had lunch with him, and I'm like, thought, you know, we got to have this guy on to bring our listeners up to date on, on what we hear. You know, what's the truth? You know, the, the media doesn't tell us everything. So we have Guy here to help us understand what is going on. Absolutely. And he's also a prolific uh, writer of articles that are featured on the Gatestone Institute's website. And uh, you'll find his name uh, listed as Guy, G-U-Y, Millier, M-I-L-L-I-E-R-E. So if you want to look up and find his writings, uh, he's uh, featured on the Gatestone Institute and uh, would encourage you uh, to do that. Welcome to the show, Guy. Thank you. Well, you know, Guy, we, were, we, we had our lunch, and, and you were just telling me some fascinating stuff. And, and you know, we were talking about the events that, that led up to the Paris attacks um, and, and what happened in the, in the theater. The, I think it's called the Batalan Theater, which we will talk about in an upcoming um, segment. But, you know, what is the situation in France now? You know, they, they, they had their, their, their terror attacks. There, there seemed to be a little bit of a backlash. What are the, the, the French people thinking and feeling right now? Uh, the French people uh, are scared by what did happen, but uh, they are also upset uh, because they they feel that the government could avoid such a situation and that the government did nothing. Uh, so uh, more and more French people vote for uh, rightist movements, and uh, the National Front could not get elected this time. But I think that if the government changes nothing to what he is doing, uh, the next time uh, Marine Le Pen could become president. Here in America, we see uh, Muslims, some of them may be wearing, the women may be wearing their, their, their uh, 
I get the, the scarf on the on the head. Hijab. Uh, hijab. Uh, but how is it over there? Is do are they integrating into the population? Tell us what the situation is in the relationships between uh, Muslims and non-Muslim Frenchmen. Uh, I could say that um, the Frenchmen uh, who are not Muslims uh, are scared by Muslims and uh, uh, resent the fact that Muslims doesn't integrate. And uh, when you when when I go to supermarkets or to even on Champs Elysees, uh, I see more and more women wearing hijab and the black veil, and uh, many people uh, don't like that. And, but uh, they say nothing because uh, they know that the police cannot do anything. Uh, they know that uh, if they speak too loudly, the media will be against them. All the media in Europe are very liberal. You don't have something like Fox News, for example, in Europe. Mm. It doesn't exist, um, especially in France. In France, all the media are controlled in one way or and in another way by the government or by businesses very close to the government. You know, in in, Europe, in France, you've got 8 million Muslims, uh, a population of 8 million Muslims uh, in a, in a over overall population of 65 million people. We heard recently in our media, uh, someone brought up this uh, issue of no-go zones. Uh, you know, you, you, you've you got separated districts that don't seem to be integrating very well with the general population. Are there, are there no-go zones in France? And what, how, how does that interact with, say, public safety, police, fire, and the general population? Um, no-go zones. In, exist indeed, and uh, the police has orders to not go there. Uh, if a police car go inside of these no-go zones, they will receive uh, Molotov cocktails and uh, wow. maybe fridge uh, uh, sent from uh, the the roof of the buildings. Uh, so the policemen are really scared to go there, and uh, it's not only the policemen, but uh, everybody in France knows that these places are dangerous, unsafe, and that uh, it's better to avoid them. So uh, Muslims live together in these places, and uh, it's especially dangerous for women. Uh, you have a woman who wants to integrate. Uh, when they are out of these no-go zones, they don't wear a veil. But when they go back uh, to where they have to come back because it's where they live, they put the veil again because they know that if they don't do it, they could get raped. Hmm. Does the situation predate the current flood of supposed refugees from Syria that we've seen on television? Was there substantial Muslim immigration and population before that? Uh, yes, you know, there was a substantial uh, Muslim population before that. Uh, but uh, the uh, arrival of these people uh, don't, improve, don't improve anything. And um, a large part of these people are trying to go to uh, the UK. And uh, they are stopped in a city uh, called Calais. And uh, um, a large part of the city is becoming a no-go zone. And uh, the people who, are, who have houses there uh, have to be protected by the police in order to go back to their own home. And uh, I could say that you have a shanty town that is almost the size of Calais, just beside Calais now. And uh, in this uh, shanty town, uh, you, you, you feel that you are in Africa or in the Middle East, but you don't feel that you are in France, and it's very unsafe. And the police say, 
don't go there. If you go there, it's very risky, and uh, you could get killed, and uh, we can do nothing for you. Well, how, you know, how, with such a large population and more, you know, of these shanty towns or these no-go zones appearing, how capable would the police be of, of basically eradicating them if, they, if it came to that? Uh, I think that it would be almost impossible for the police to do it, and uh, the government would have to uh, use the army, and uh, it could be a kind of civil war. It's, it's possible. So the government knows it, and uh, the government says nothing, uh, prefer to close uh, the eyes of the people. And uh, you could see the reaction of the government after the, the attack uh, one month ago in Paris. Uh, in the beginning, the government said, uh, we are at war, but immediately after that, they started to say, but we have to love each other. Uh, it's not a problem coming from the Muslims, it's only terrorists, and the terrorists uh, are only a very tiny part of the Muslim population, and you don't have to confuse uh, terrorists and Muslims. We have past time for this segment. We have a word from the sponsor of this half of United IE Radio, Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. Back with more with Guy Mier after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy but you need to refinance the home you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt, or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We're talking to Guy or Guy Millier about the situation in France and in Europe with the Muslim terrorism and Muslim immigration there. I understand you have some inside information from contacts in law enforcement in Paris about what really happened in the Paris terrorist attack. Uh, yes, um, what is not said is that uh, the police uh, did, did take to the police three hours to intervene in the theater. Mm. Uh, can you imagine three hours in front of uh, ruthless killers uh, who uh, could kill anyone because nobody had a gun inside? So they could kill anyone without any problem. They, they decided to slit throat. Uh, they beheaded two people at least, maybe a little more. And uh, so I think that even the people who will survive will have nightmares for the rest of their lives. But uh, the, mo- the main point is that the police was not efficient at all. Uh, these people could kill for almost 
three hours, and the police was too scared to intervene and to go inside. Well, that that kind of reminds me of the Mumbai attacks, uh, you know, in, in India, and it took the Indian police, the, the local police couldn't do anything, so they had to wait like almost eight hours or something for the federal police and the army to get there. But, you know, India is a developing country. I mean, we know that it has, it's just developing its, its, its structure. But Paris or France is a developed country. You would think they would have dealing with terrorism going back to the 70s with the, with the, with the, 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 the communist terrorists and stuff. They would have something in place to handle something like this. Uh, but many policemen uh, have no guns or have no right to use a gun. Uh, you could see the difference when you had the, the attack in Garland, Texas. A policeman killed the two thugs who were coming to, to kill people. Uh, in Paris in January, uh, two uh, people, uh, like the people in Garland, Texas, came to a newspaper. They could go inside. They killed everybody, uh, even two policemen. And uh, they could go away. And uh, they were found the next day because they wanted to die shooting uh, the police. Uh, without that, they could escape. They could go anywhere. And uh, so when you see this kind of difference, you, I think that you understand everything. Uh, in the U.S., policemen can act, at least now. And uh, in Europe, uh, they are too scared uh, or they don't have enough weapons to act. Yeah, um, here in San Bernardino, when they had the terrorist attack, the police arrived on scene. They thought the terrorists were still inside. Once they had four guys on yes. scene, they went in. As you know, the idea is that when they're killing people inside, you have to go with what you got and try to protect exactly. the people in there as best you can. And yes. I think one of the points that's really important, guy, that you point out, that you point out when we were talking is that you know when they go in and when the four policemen went in. They, they, they weren't necessarily personally accountable for what would have happened if they did find the um, four t- or the, the, the two terrorists in there. Um, but yet in France, what you were telling me, if, if, they went, if, if a policeman takes that initiative to go do something on his own, he can be held personally responsible, even tried to have criminal exactly, charges. Exactly. Exactly. So many policemen are very careful. Uh, just to give you one example, uh, if uh, a thief comes to your house in France, and if you call the police, the police say, try to hide, and we shall come after when they will be away. Wow. You know, in the wake of this terrorist attack in France, a state of emergency was declared, and uh, they have been uh, going to mosques and you know finding individuals who are radicalized, I believe, our reporting suggests that three mosques have been shut down, that another hundred are on the endangered species list. Uh, dozens and dozens of people have been detained. Hundreds of firearms, including uh, assault weapons, have been found. In the mosques. In the mosques. Right. Yeah. So, so before the Paris terror attack... You know, you're you're aware of the uh, of the issue. You've written books. You've written. How likely did you feel, and the people in your circles feel, that a, an attack was imminent? That it was going not so much a question of if, but when. And and along with answering that question, ha, had you guys attempted in any way to go to your local authorities and encourage them to you know take this threat seriously? What was the response if you did? Uh, if you 
if you ask the, the, the politicians to do something, uh, they will listen to what you say, but they will say, we can do anything. And uh, you have to understand why. Uh, political correctness is everywhere, uh, even in uh, the Justice Department. Uh, all the media are leftist. And uh, I can add something. Uh, when you have a, a large Muslim population, uh, your next uh, possibility to get elected uh, can depend on Muslim votes. And uh, you have to keep that in your mind. And you could say, gee, if I do something, not only I will have riots in my city, but uh, the next time I will not be elected. Somebody else will. Wow. One of the things that um, I, you, you, I've seen in, for example, Brussels is that half of the school, the children, are Muslim. Is the same thing happening in France where, never mind the, the violent jihad, is the proportion of Muslims is just increasing by immigration and birth rate? Uh, yes, and uh, if, if you go in schools in France, you, you can see it immediately. The, the, the Muslim population uh, represents 12% of the total population. But if you go to some, many, many schools, more and more schools, you see that uh, 50, 60% of the children, of the students are Muslims. So you see we have to have a slow replacement of population. Some people have said that within 20, 30, 40 years, Europe is going to be under Islamic control and under Sharia law. Do you think that's going to happen? Uh, it could happen in some countries, yes. And uh, I could say that France is one of these countries. And uh, even now, uh, in schools, it's, uh, it's forbidden to, to speak about some topics. Uh, teachers cannot teach anything about what did happen to Jews during World War II. Uh, they know it's too risky, so they don't wow. to speak about this. Uh, they never speak about Israel. And uh, one of my daughters is 15 years old, and uh, she's afraid uh, to say to the other students at her school that she travels to the United States, and especially that she travels to Israel. Sometimes I give lectures in Israel. When we go to Israel, she says, I go to Turkey. Wow. Now, we, we read a lot about this population shift in Europe that's having these dramatic effects. Do you think, and in the circle of people you talk to, that this is, you know, organic or is it orchestrated? Is this being done by some force? And if there, if you guys think it is, what would that be? Is this, is this orchestrated or is it just an accident? I think that in the beginning it was orchestrated. Uh, one of my friends is a, a writer called Batier. Uh, she wrote a book called Eurabia and uh, she explained uh, how it was organized in the beginning. And uh, But I think that some the people who organized it in the beginning uh, didn't think uh, the situation would become so bad. So uh, they organized it first and now they are prisoners what uh, they organize. Time for another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. Back with more with Yi Millier after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic, it's not the end of the world. 
What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy but you need to refinance the home you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt, or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at WCCLoans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. This is the United Inland Empire radio program. We are back with Guy Millier, and his name is spelled G-U-Y, last name M-I-L-L-I-E-R-E. And you really got to go to GatestoneInstitute.org to read more about what this professor at the University of Paris and author of 40 books is saying about what is going on in France and Europe uh, that has uh, come to our attention, of course, through the Paris terror attacks and now in our backyard with San Marino. Guy, really appreciate you being with us. This is a very important topic. Uh, Greg has a, an, another follow-up question from our prior segment. For 1,400 years, Western civilization has withstood the jihad. Sometimes they've had the advantage. Sometimes our, the Western civilization has had the advantage. Pamela Geller recently, recently wrote an article asking whether Western civilization has the will to survive at this point. And her answer was probably not. What do you think? Uh, I think that in Europe, uh, the uh, Europeans have not the will to survive. They are ready to submit. And uh, I think that it's coming from the fact that the leftists uh, spread out uh, the mind of submission. And uh, many people who are brainwashed. Uh, just to give you one example, uh, you, after the, the, the last attack in Paris, uh, a man said to his kid, don't be scared, uh, they, are, they have guns, but we have flowers. Um, wow. Uh, many, many Europeans are ready to say, we are ready to answer to you by flowers. We shall, we shall show you we are kind, we are nice, and everything will be all right. And uh, if you look at the ceremony organized by Hollande after the attacks, uh, the uh, last song of the ceremony was a song called If We Only Had Love. That'll, that'll teach those guys a lesson. Yeah, and, and in the last few few minutes um, that we have in this segment and the first half, um, Guy, you know, is there going to be, do you ever see a point where, Europeans, you know, or Frenchmen or, or Dutch, you know, they finally just say, we have enough, you know, we, we've had enough with the politicians, we're going to take things and we're going to turn push back on all this. Is, is that possible? Uh, I think that only a minority thinks that, and uh, it will not be enough to stop what's happening. In our final minute or so here, Guy, what advice do you have for America, for us, for our listeners here in the Inland Empire? What, Knowing how things have progressed in Europe and in France and seeing it firsthand, what do you suggest we do? 
uh, I think that it would be very important for American people to exactly know what's happening in Europe uh, because they don't know the situation is so bad. That's why I want to give more lectures in the United States because I think that if people understand what's happening, uh, they could understand that uh, America could be next and that it could happen very soon. Dennis Prager says, he's a uh, commentator here in, in America, that a people that, be- a people that believe in something will defeat a people that believe in nothing. And as you are pointing out, here, less so than in, in Europe, the left is taking away the belief in our countries, in Christianity, and in our civilization. So we're confronted with an enemy that believes strongly. I mean, that's an understatement in their, what they believe, and we don't believe in anything opposing that. 30 seconds. Uh, uh, Exactly. And uh, I think that uh, here in the U.S. you still have a strong conservative movement. Uh, You see that in uh, the Republican debates, for example. Uh, You don't have something like that in Europe anymore. Uh, Even rightist parties who who are supposed to to react to what's happening are socialist and statist parties. Uh, In the United States, people are ready to take the situation in their own hands. Uh, In Europe, people rely on the state and... uh, And we will have to leave it there. Um, Thank you so much for being on our show today. Great information, and we hope to look forward to speaking with you in the future. Thanks again. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with my co-host John Hancock and Don Dix. And we just, if you didn't, if you weren't listening, we just had a fascinating discussion with a professor from Paris University, Guy Mirière, about the situation with terrorism and uh, Islamic immigration and the, and the no-go zones in France. So if, if you didn't hear it, either listen at 10 o'clock tonight or pick it up on the podcast because that was a fascinating discussion. It really was. You know, so often we don't really get the chance to get a man-on-the-street perspective, which, of course, Guy is. He's a professor. Uh, And there was so much more that we talked about before we actually taped the segment that we would have loved to have included. We're going to have him back and possibly uh, have him as a speaker here in the Inland Empire because you do not hear from the media. And, And one of the things he said in the conversation was, that the French media is decidedly leftist, just as our our media is, but even more so. You're not going to get the accurate picture of the multi of the of the impact of this muslim multiculturalism that's you know plaguing france and the rest of the Euro- rest well, of europe right and, now and one of the big points he makes is even politically there is no conservative movement throughout europe if there's a white ring movement there's still big status as he mentioned economically just about every political party in in france right now is socialist the only thing is are they conservative or liberal on cultural um, issues now the group of citizens in Redlands have basically have been watching what's going on across the Europe and with the refugee situation pending here in this country and they went in front of their city council prior to the terrorist attack yeah ever since we heard from James Simpson about the uh, both the costs 
to American taxpayers of the refugee program and the risks because the refugees cannot be vetted for possible terrorists, we sought to, we in the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and our friends in the Redlands Town Hall Group, sought to alert people in Redlands and the Redlands City Council to this risk. So we went in public comment and spoke about it. We were excoriated in the local newspaper, all the usual names, Islamophobe, racist, all those kind of things. By the way, do you know what, you guys know what the definition of an Islamophobe is? Tell us. It is a non-Muslim who knows more than he or she is supposed to know about Islam. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I am definitely an Islamophobe. <laughs> so anyways, we, we, we kept going back and kept going back trying to raise the uh, alert people to this. And we were there the night before the San Bernardino terrorist attack. So again, trying to alert people to the danger. Right. City council not willing to do anything. They just sit there impassively and, and, and say nothing. The mayor in the paper analogized the uh, Syrian refugees to the Vietnamese. Refugees who came in in the 1970s, and we all remember how much terrorism there was committed by those Vietnamese refugees. So the following day, December 2nd, we all know now what happened. We had a terrorist attack. And in the days following that, I understand that the uh, leadership of Redlands actually, in a move of some sort of solidarity, solidarity, apology, what have you, I don't know the right terms, they actually met with members of the Muslim community in the Redlands area. Yeah, it was one of those uh, liberal kumbaya moments and, and meetings. You know, you know, can't we just all get along? You know, let's, let's, you know the, the, it's like the answer in Paris. The uh, guy in there said, you know, we have flowers. Um, yeah, they may have guns, but we have flowers and love trumps all. <laughs> now, is it, is it fair to say that, um, you know, some people characterize that as a, an apology for to the Muslim community for... Um, you know, some of the members of the community. Did, are you aware of whether that happened or not? You no, know, I didn't attend the meeting. Okay. I know that uh, you and some of your people at Act for, Act for America Corona Group went to one of these similar meetings in Corona, and for 90 right. minutes, not a mention. Not a mention. Of, of the San Marino terrorist attack. Yeah, that, um, you know, we uh, we stand here. I mean, the, it was definitely a kumbaya meeting, and, and, and to be a vigil. In fact, the victims were barely mentioned, really. It was more about protecting and insulating the Muslim community from blowback from this event to separate, to say, hey, you know, these are these folks are peace loving. Well, you know what? Before December 2nd, Wednesday, December 2nd, according to the definition that I was listening to in Corona, you could have described, you know, Saeed Farouk as one of those people. In fact, you know, his his he grew up here. He was radicalized. He went to these mosques here. He was radicalized here. Well, you know, it's really interesting. Guy mentioned that there's 8 million Muslims in France alone, which is a 13%, 12, 13% of the population. But if we look at that, if, if only one tenth of 1% are radicalized, that's 8,000 potential terrorists. You know, yep. how much damage can they do? Well, we saw what two could do. Yes. In San Bernardino. So fast forward to this past Tuesday night, the first city council meeting since the terror attack. And uh, we yeah, organized great. we organized a press conference that occurred the mor- that, you know the morning of at twelve o'clock uh, of that uh, on Tuesday, and then many of us stayed after 
to make public comment at the, at the city council meeting that night. We had a great turnout both at the press conference and at the uh, city council meeting of citizen patriots who wanted to express themselves in light of what happened. And they did a great, all of them just spoke eloquently and did a great job of this. We had a few liberals speaking. You know, again, we just can't. We all get along. Kumbaya. There's no, you know, Coexist. Ignoring, <laughs> ignoring ignoring the risk. But it was, it was interesting to me. And we have some clips right ready, ready to show you of what Redlands Mayor Paul Foster had to say at the outset of the meeting. Let's roll clip one. From residents and visitors, I have heard many positive stories that speak to who we really are and what has defined us as a special and unique community for the past 127 years. I understand, however, that some of you have concerns. This council has repeatedly heard the false claims that Redlands has been identified as a possible host city for Syrians fleeing conflict in their homeland. I would like to address those concerns directly. First, those claims are unfounded and false. There are no plans locally or federally to provide refuge for Syrian families in the city of Redlands. Our congressional representative, Pete Aguilar, the State Department, and Catholic Charities of San Bernardino have all assured me personally that there are no plans or proposals for such a move. Nor at any time has this city council discussed or voted to advocate our city as a refuge city. Allegations to the contrary are simply and absolutely not true. Well, you know, if the Obama administration says uh, that they're not bringing any Syrian refugees to Redlands, I mean, that's certainly good enough for me. I mean, you know, if you can't trust the Obama administration, who can you trust? Well, and that's the point. You know, right. up till this point, perhaps not. But moving forward, we now are seeing as a result of the budget that was just passed that this refugee program has actually been funded. And I've read where, you know, now plans are solidifying to bring 100,000 refugees into the country. Yeah, but, there was no plans yesterday. There could be plans today, tomorrow, or the well, next it's day. Well, that. I mean, all you have to do is look at the buses down in Marietta. Right. You know, I mean, they said, okay, we're not going to do that. But then they tried to do in runs around everybody, you know, the, the Obama administration and secretly put, bring these people in through various, you know, uh, mechanisms, of uh, obscure ways of doing it. So people don't see it. Why, why should we believe these people? And they were very narrow. Syrian. Would that include Iraqi refugees from areas that ISIS controls, Afghanistan, Somalia? And we've seen in the press reports, and Senator Sessions released a report showing that ISIS and the Somali group, terrorist group, whose name escapes me, um, Al-Shabaab, have been successfully recruiting In among the Somali refugees in Minnesota. Absolutely. So even if the refugees say they didn't come specifically from Syria, that does not mean there's no danger. Now, we have a second audio clip of the mayor of Redlands. And in, in, in what it can be only be described as an astonishing uh, way of viewing citizens of Redlands, he, be, he tries to equate the evil of the terror attack to the well-intentioned citizens who are raising alarm about this potential threat. Let's roll clip two. Second, let this new challenge strengthen our resolve to be true to who we are. Despite the loud voices of a few individuals spreading fear, we are a community that embraces residents of all faiths and ethnic backgrounds. 
and we will not honor one act of evil with another act of evil. So apparently citizens standing up, expressing their constitutional rights to alert, you know, your elected officials in advance of what's been happening in Europe. We, we now have a bird's eye view of how what what this is doing to to Fran- to France. He calls you evil. It's amazing the liberal the world that liberals live in and how it's it's, it's almost like that Star Trek episode Mirror Mirror where they they went right. over the alternate universe of of where the good guys were the evil guys, and it's, it's almost the kind of world that they live in when they're referring to their own citizens who again exercising their First Amendment rights and their obligations as citizens to participate in the process are now evil. Well, just listening to that, you know, he, he calls them refugees, which are refugees are technically, you know, people, as as we heard before, that stay in their own countries. This thing of, of relocating refugees, if there's an alternative, which there are in this case, is something new. But then he also goes to, he calls them Syrian families. And we know 70% of them are single men who don't have families. Right. Um, you know, he and he's called spreading the fear. So, you know, instead of dealing with it, he does an ad hominem attack on the people speaking, and then he turns around and and does that that equivocating, where you know to equate things. You know, ones that speaking up against uh, Islam is is the same as being an Islamic terrorist. You know, and and these are all just total leftist things to do to not deal with the facts. They use language to obscure things. Shocking, as Megyn Kelly would say, this is shocking. We will be back after this message from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. Before the break, we played a clip of the Redlands mayor uh, speaking before the city council meeting this past Tuesday and in, in, in a series of comments where he was, you know, just decrying the act of terrorism, but then equating the citizens of Redlands who have been alerting the public officials about the potential for an event like this to the evil of the event itself. Let's listen to that clip one more time. Second, let this new challenge strengthen our resolve to be true to who we are. Despite the loud voices of a few individuals spreading fear, we are a community that embraces residents of all faiths and ethnic backgrounds, and we will not honor one act of evil with another act of evil. 
Well, you know, this this reminds me of of what Guy Milliard just said. You know, this is how it started in France. They had multicultural uh, multiculturalism. They were going to be open and and a multifaceted society that embraces everybody. But now here we are, thirty years, forty years later. And as Guy said, you know, the politicians that embraced all this stuff and started it, they're long gone. And today's politicians are afraid to speak out because of the militant Islam. They have no go zones now in their cities that the police can't even go in. And it started here. It started there. They're, they're 40 years ahead of us. So what's America? What's, if, let's say it does happen in Redlands. What's Redlands going to look like in 40 years from now? You know, the one thing that I've been listening to that clip again that he said, we have to be true to who we are. Who, who else says that? President Obama. Right. This is not who we are. This is not who we, he repeats that over and over and over again in, in multiple venues. This is not who we are. So it's clear that this indiv- that the mayor of Redlands is essentially parroting what he's learning from the Obama administration. And didn't bother to address the facts that we repeatedly pointed out that the FBI director and Obama's own director of national intelligence have said that the refugees cannot be vetted for possible terrorists. And we saw with the female terrorist where she was supposedly vetted before immigrating here, how well that worked out. And, and you're just, a, and, and that makes you a scaremonger. Right? Fearmonger. You know, yeah, fearmonger. And, and, you know, rather than dealing with the issue, he just calls you a name. Now, he said in, in, in that previous clip that he's confirmed with the Catholic Charities that, you know, Syrian refugees aren't well, coming here. Technically, there's no plans to bring Syrian families here. Right. So that so is our plan future. And there's also I mean, there's so many qualifications on that. But now we learn this week that the new omnibus, omnibus budget actually is funding Obama's objective of this refugee program. I mean, I mean, to and say, so much more. Well, I mean, just to say that this is a betrayal, a surrender by the Republicans, just is is an understatement of every issue after issue. They've capitulated and given Obama what they want, including, as you were just saying, full funding to bring as many refugees here as he wants to from wherever he wants to without vetting, without qualification. Why don't you give us a quick rundown on some of the things that caught your attention about this omnibus funding bill that were essentially betrayals to the conservative... Well, first, it's all based upon wimpy budgeting. Wimpy being Popeye's friend, famous for saying, <laughs> I will give you, I will glad to repay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today because what they do is they increase spending now and promise they're, that they're going to restrain the growth of spending 10 years from now. The thing that I thought was probably, other than the refugees perhaps, that I thought was worse is $3 billion for Obama's global warming agreement to give away to corny capitalists and foreign kleptocrats in foreign in, in third world countries, and they gave it to them three billion dollars. No restrictions on Planned Parenthood. No restrictions on sanctuary cities. No restrictions on the regulatory rampage that they're raging against American business and the American economy. Nothing. Total capitulation. Also includes $1.6 billion to resettle illegals inside the USA. Uh, Also basically sells out the American worker. Uh, Senator Jeff Sessions, who has been an outspoken, he's been clearly one of the good guys in the Senate, uh, says this is exactly why, when referring to this new uh, omnibus spending bill, that voters are in open revolt and why people like Donald Trump and Ben Carson and Carly Fiorina um, and even their own Ted Cruz, who's considered by many to be an outsider in Washington, D.C., are individuals who are um, 
you know, why voters are in open rebellion supporting these people. That's worth noting. Is this it's called an H-2B visa, not, to, not the H-1, which for tech, high-tech workers is they've quadrupled that number. These are low-skill workers to bring in to undercut and replace Americans with cheaper foreign labor. And it is unconscionable that the Republicans would join in undercutting American workers. Yet that's what they're doing. And we know that Paul Ryan is an open borders zealot. He has said that any foreign worker should be allowed to come here whenever he or she wants to and work. Well, you know, the, the, the two topics that we're talking about right now on this show, the, the Islam and everything happening in France and, and you know, what the Republicans, how they've let us down once again, the establishment just shows how important this coming election is going to be. Nothing's going to change until we get rid of these people, the establishment people in there. And if we don't, then, our, then we can look at the France and see what our future is going yeah. to be like. This reinforces my belief in support for Donald Trump. The Rep- Ryan and the establishment Republicans are giving their middle finger to the voters who sent them to That's Washington. Right. Yeah, and the best middle finger we can give back is Donald J. Trump. Or Ted Cruz. Wouldn't you be happy with Ted Cruz? Tell, tell, oh, that's, a longer, that's a longer discussion. Ted Cruz is my B choice. Okay. I mean, I like Cruz, but I, I do think that's part of this, the, the Trump phenomena is people trying to give, basically using Trump to give the middle finger back to the Republican Party. Now, does that play out all the way to the election? We don't know. But I think that's a big part of his success so far. Time for another word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to United IE Radio Program. I'm John Hancock, here with my co-hosts, Don Dix and Greg Britton. And one of our co-hosts here got to do something special this past week. He got to go and meet presidential candidate Senator Ted Cruz. It was, oh, can we touch him? Can we touch Don here? I think, I think there's still a glow around Don, I see. Well, you know, it is special. When you see these people on TV and you hear, and, and, and they, they are, there is an element of celebrity status to them. Uh, it is special when you actually get to be in the same room, you get to see them. And a small you, setting of a, it was a very small people. setting. Yes, it was at Wolf, it was in a back room of Wolfgang Puck's restaurant. It was organized by the campaign structure of Ted Cruz here in California, which, by the way, Ted Cruz is the only candidate for U.S. president who actually has a campaign infrastructure in California. Every other candidate simply flies in 
to try to do a fundraiser. Ted Cruz is actively working to court the grassroots. He really is building and attempting to build that Reagan revolution. In fact, he he so much has said in uh, in yesterday's comments that he modeled his initial Senate, Senate campaign after Barack Obama's campaign in the primary where he defeated Hillary Clinton. So it's it's grassroots focused. Um, yes, he's got to raise money and meet with the elites. But but truly, one of the things, you know, we only have a, a minute or two here, so I can't give you the sum total. He answered questions. He um, But he started off with something that I, I thought was very interesting, a very personal insight into Ted Cruz meeting his wife. His wife is from California, from the Central Coast. Um, and he talked about you know the interaction between he and his wife they met during their uh they were both active on the george bush uh, campaign in 2000 uh, for presidency in 2000 they met um so anybody that says george bush is not a uniter we'll have to speak to ted cruz about that because he definitely uh, united ted cruz and his wife heidi but it gave us an opportunity to get a very personal look inside of who the man is and and there was a piece of of that uh, opportunity to meet Ted Cruz that you just don't pick up in the media. Ted, unfortunately, one of the things well, you know I, him by his first name now. The guys must Ted, have Ted, my buddy Ted, <laughs> Senator Cruz. Thank you, John, uh, for that lack of propriety on my part. Senator Cruz portrays an individual and a persona on TV that I think actually hurts him a bit. He 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 looks a little bit and acts a little bit like that elite that you know he's Harvard trained, classic in debate. And he carries a little bit of that of too much of that with him. He really needs to bring out uh, the side of his personality that Ted, that that Senator Cruz is the kind of guy that could slip some jeans on and help you work on your car under the hood and get dirty while talking politics to you. And I think Marco Rubio does that very well. But in that intimate meeting, I really got to see that side of Ted Cruz, a very personal. Uh, a very approachable individual that we just don't get a chance to see in the debates and in the media. Well, you know, California, because of all these candidates this year, could be actually be actually matter in getting the Republican nomination. Usually it's all over by the time we vote in June. Yep. Yep. Well, we've got just a little bit of housekeeping to do before we end. Uh, you know, as always, folks, if you want to become part of the solution here in the Inland Empire for pushing back on the kinds of things we talk about on this radio show, go to the UniteIE.com website. On that website, we've got a calendar and a map of the of, of when the groups that are around the uh, Inland Empire that are part of our coalition, when they meet and where they're located. you got to go to those maps and get plugged in, become part of this. And also, you know, we've got this major conference coming up on March 19th. Gives you an opportunity to get connected with the folks that are putting that on and planning it. So we just encourage you to, you know, come out, check out these groups, learn from these groups because they have great guests like we had on our radio show. It's always fun and you're serving the cause as well. And uh, see you next week. Have a good week, everybody. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.